0: Well, very warm, well, welcome to Freebets.com podcast for November. I'm Ed Quigley, Longshot Ted. would like to say, as always, joined by eight time champion jockey Peter Scudemore. Scoot, you well? Very good indeed, yeah. Um
1: a bit wet up here, but uh you know we've you know all, all through this depressing time, I think it I don't know what people from other sports feel, but I'm mean, a gosh the national placement <coughs> is really holding its end up. Um yesterday at Fairy House. Uh, We will talk about other races, but it's been a, National Hunt Racing has done really well and
0: put on some fantastic racing and some very good horses. Absolutely. I mean, the excitement has been uh, buzzing at the moment, haven't we, in the National Hunt Circles. Uh, One man who's buzzing from uh, an exciting weekend on the tipping front, that is uh, Alan Kelly. Uh, Alan, how are you? You Keeping well? Yes.
2: Fantastic. Couldn't be better, Ed. Couldn't be better. Fantastic weekend and uh, all uh, raring to go for the rest of the season now.
0: Absolutely. We'll we'll touch upon the uh, the personal exploits uh, in the first part of our of our show. But uh, just to say, of course, don't forget to follow Oddswatch on Twitter and on Facebook, the social media channel of FreeBets.com. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you do like to have a bet, please do gamble responsibly. Yeah? So yeah, the opening part here for the November review, if you like, we're going to look back. At the big handicaps, uh, the two main ones in particular, uh, being the Paddy Power Gold Cup. And of course, the weekend just gone, uh, we saw the Labricks Trophy, which looks a very appropriate place to start, uh, given uh, Scoo and Alan, you're both doing cartwheels for separate reasons, it has to be said. Uh, Scoo, obviously, uh, your son Tom uh, stepped into the saddle for the ride on Cloth Cap and uh, absolutely
1: pulverised the opposition. Yeah, I mean, I-, I did mention him in my piece as well. I'm probably more out of loyalty than the uh, expertise that Alan put into it. But Alan, you must be, you know, I listened to Tom speak yesterday. Now, obviously I speak to him all the time, and mm. um, but I can't start telling him how to ride horses. I mean, there was so much good from it. The fact that he's riding for John Joe, I think when you ride for people like that, it must be like playing football for, you know, somebody who's played football to a high standard. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't mess about with them, they know what you're talking about, and yeah. And I listened to Tom analyzing the race yesterday, Alan, with Bitsy, and it was so professional. He's my son, I can't, you know, mm-hmm. but he was so professional in what in what he'd done. And it's funny, also, just to add on, because you know, he's another hero of mine, as well as John Joe. And, and the best two jockeys are amongst are John Joe and uh, Frankham. You have such respect for, yes, them for of course. what they did, and the and the man who did it. And of course, they had the Frankham chase, and John said Fred Winter told him two things, go down the inner and, get your, you know, be able to put your stick down. And you watch Tom, you know, goes down the inner, turns it in the straight, pulls his stick through, keeps it on the inner. Look, it would have won, but it was, anybody would have won, but it was just a mm-hmm. perfect, his planning was perfect mm-hmm. and his execution was perfect.
2: Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, the first time I actually thought <laughs> Cloth Cap was going to win the Rias after they jumped the third fence. Yeah. 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 I, I could say, I mean, first of all, when the, um, they were about to start. You could say Tom wanted a good position and he was determined to get a good position. And he was up there from the word go. First three fences, jumped really well, got into a nice rhythm. And once he took the lead, I thought, 10 stone, it's going to take some pegging back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was, from that, from that moment, I was confident. Yeah. And um, for me, the highlight of the season so far was um, Cloth Cab jumping the fourth last.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, if anybody, if that didn't get the blood going <laughs> in anybody, <ding. laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just a fantastic moment. And from, from then, you just knew the rest was over.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It was a stunning performance. Of course, uh, don't forget to follow Alan's uh, tippy column on FreeBets.com. And if you tuned into to this podcast last month, uh, we nominated our handicappers to follow. And of course, Alan put up Cloth Cup uh, with a view to early season and potentially the Grand National. And speaking of Grand Nationals, Alan, yeah. If you could get a bit of spring ground in April, he'd have to be a major player around Aitree, wouldn't
2: he? Without a doubt, yeah. It's, I mean, it's the big imponderable. Um, I mean, that was the one doubt about the Hennessy. Sorry, the um, Ladbrokes trophies, Trophy. Isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the last time it was good ground for that race was 2013. So, luck has to play some kind of an element. An element in, uh, you know, in tipping, and, um, and it was all about the ground. Once the ground, once the ground, you knew the ground was going to be decent. Um, it was sort of early on in the week when you knew it was going to be a dry week. The ground was already good, good to soften in places. It wasn't going to change that much. And I think that's when um, that's when you sort of start the confidence starts to come through. Um, and hopefully it's the same come um, come next April.
0: Absolutely, no yeah. no red marauder uh, type weather uh, for for Liverpool in April. Um, of those in behind, was anything you particularly think was a, perhaps a slightly to say unlucky? I mean, the winner won easily, but was there something to go into the notebooks on the back of that uh, that <laughs> Labrox Trophy?
1: Yeah, uh, everything and Alan, you know, as ever just, <laughs> is correct, and luck. You know, he speaks from a punter; I speak from a training point of view. You know, you, you know John Joe. Did a brilliant job in laying the horse out, but then it had to get into the handicap, and the ground had to be good. It doesn't; it's not just one piece of a jigsaw, is it? Mm, and right. um, yeah. you know, looking on beyond the only thing I'll say, and Alan might um, <clears throat> be able to help me here. Since my day, and the evolving of racing, and uh, you know, the the Irish have become, you know, the Irish got much more prize money, so they stay in Ireland. The mm-hmm we have these intermediate chases now so that last year's top novices don't go for the Ladbrook. Mm-hmm. And we have that Haydock race as a Gold Cup. So that, mm-hmm. I don't know. Would Denman have gone for the Ladbrook if he could have gone for the Bet365 mm-hmm. I I don't know. But I sometimes, I do think that's probably making it of a less of a class race than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But still... It was a decent handicap, and it was the manner in which the horse jumped that would allow you to prepare him for a Grand National. I mean, that's right. you know, John Jude now has the problem of where you know, where do you go? With, you wouldn't want, you know, there's the, they go back to the Mandarin. You might, you, you wouldn't, you might give him a run in a three-mile amateur race at Cheltenham, and then you'd, go, you'd only want two or three more runs, and you wouldn't want to drag him out on heavy ground. I, that, that was, but, you know, that, that, that's all yeah. I thought.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if um, it has one run between now and and uh, the national, and that yeah. one is over hurdles.
0: Yeah, per say. per temp's final or yeah. something. Trying, uh, yeah. yeah, protect yeah. his mark now. What, what, really is, just, what, did he,
1: what did he win off? hundred and thirty with you hundred thirty
0: right? six. So yes, um, yeah,
1: you get in ten stone in the national with luck. Then aren't you, you got well, just, 10,
2: just, just over, I would think. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. the the uh, the bottom weight in the last national was one four two. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would imagine it's going to be something like one four five one four six, So yeah. it's going to be low 10 stones. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying about the class of the, um, the Ladrup Trophy, uh, Peter, um, the top weight this year was on a mark of 162. That was Ballyoptic. When uh, the last time Denman ran in the race, when he finished third, it was on 182. Yeah. So yeah. it's a so, 20 so, so, pound. Yeah. Y-
1: yeah. Yeah, no, no, that you know that, that you know, when we, we'll talk about other things, and perception and figures are two different things. And your mm-hmm. figures are correct, are backed up by perception.
0: Yeah, indeed. I mean, and of yeah. course there were a few notable defections for this race. Obviously, top of the game, who uh, was on target for this and was the Antipo's favourite, is uh, now out for the season again, unfortunately. And uh, the likes of Santini. And Champ, which you thought potentially could have been horses for this. Uh, Champ, I gather, listen to Nicky Henson's quite a long way behind the others. And Santini goes to Aintree next weekend to take on Native River and Frodo, I believe, which will be an mm-hmm. interesting race over three miles at Aintree. Well, that's the elaborate trophy done, Nusted. Uh Looking back at the Panny Power Gold Cup. Now, this was a, a race which confused me to some extent. Uh, cool Cody very deserving, very game winner for the Evan Williams team. And I thought Evan was um, quite humble, shall we say, in the aftermath, said, look, the horse was fit. He enjoyed the ground and he galloped on. And that pretty much was his day. Do you take that view, Alan? Do you think there could be other days with him? He's only gone up six pounds for winning a, a pretty big pot, or do you take the view that there were so many big horses in here? Mr. Fisher, Slate House, Happy Diva, St. Sonnet. It's almost like every protagonist underperformed in this contest. I mean, where do you sit on the fence with this one, Alan? Well,
2: for for me, the the significant thing about the the Paddy Power Gold Cup was if you stopped the race at the second last, which was just before um, the fall of Happy Diva and um, Sky Pirate, which made a horrendous mistake, there was, there was really seven horses in contention at the time. Five of them had had at least one run this season. The winner had had... This was, this was its fourth run. Yeah. I think fitness was the crucial thing. Um, for me, the two horses that probably came out with the best credit was the runner-up Spirit of the Games, which was having its first run of the season, and the fourth horse, Keto Rico. Um, it's a funny horse because it... Um, it ran in a grade two at Ascot last year and but uh, ran um it ran the horse of Nicky um, henderson's um to three quarters of a length that went off a hundred to one and um there's probably a decent handicap in at some point but it's it's run one or two poor races as well um so it's a hard one to sum up but um it probably came out with a lot of credit as well but i think i think fitness was the It was the crucial issue, I think, for the Paddy Power.
0: Yeah, indeed. And on the fitness uh, issue here, Scoo is actually just going off on a slight tangent. We've got a um, John got in touch uh, online. Thanks, John. Uh, Just going back to, as you you hate to say, uh, Scoo, to your day. But um, some this is a question aimed for you. Said, how did Martin Pipe get his horses so fit? So many of his winners won from the front which is a testament to their stamina and their race fitness, is it not? Which we've seen with, I suppose, Cloth Cap in some extent. And we saw a cool Cody who went off in front uh, incredibly fit and galloped his rivals ragged. Um, can, you, can you sum up that one in a, in a, in a little short? It's not sentence? easy to
1: sum up quickly. Yeah. Um,
0: I do think Martin <laughs> Pike
1: changed the way the horses were training. We were, uh, uh, evolved the way horses were training and it's evolved again because I think he got their basic speed, the horse's basic speed, better so they were training at a faster pace. So when they came into a race, they were actually going slower than they were training. Therefore, they were traveling easy. That, that was a thing. Right. But going back to what Alan was alluding to with the Paddy Power and those, and I think it's relevant with, we will talk about the trials we've seen. When you get to, when you get to Chelsea, all the trials, <coughs> there's not the intensity in a trial that there is in the, <coughs> in the <coughs> sorry, In the real thing at Cheltenham, not usually. Usually, go down to start in a novice hurdler, Exeter, and you know, of course, there's many exceptions. But usually, there's two or three that can win, and probably two are having a run round, you know, nicely, and and there's three hopefuls. So the intensity of the race is different. You get to the Paddy Power, there's everybody thinks they've got a chance. So the whole intensity of the race is is different and it puts pressure on the horses. And as a jockey riding from the front, like Thomas did the other day, and he did it, you know, I, I, I hate parents who go on about their kids all the time, but it's, it's the, <laughs> it's the truth of it. And you look at Thomas's rider, it kept putting pressure on the jumping of the horses behind. And you're asking questions and you will. And as you say, Alan, you stop that race at the paddy power at the second last, and he's not going to win the winner. Mm-hmm. But he kept jump, you know. He make a mistake and get away through the fence, and putting pressure on the others, and they can't answer the question. So that's what we would do. That's how you ride front running, and that's what I think we have to be careful of in in looking at these trials and looking at these, you know, trying to make a few quid um, next time. Or, or, although the perception of the race, oh, that's one very well, and it looks good. Okay. You, you ask him the question, that you, you put him under pressure. and can he, It's the same in any sport, isn't it? You, know, you, know, you can see a great fullback um, playing in the second division. You put him under the, the, the definition of you know, two great centre forwards a bit quicker, or two forwards a bit quicker than you, and you might go to pieces. So um, it happens to a horse as well. So these are the things we've got to look for when we're looking for winners
0: in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And some good points made there. And fitness obviously played a big part in that. Uh, yeah, but sorry, you know, I,
1: I, I went off. Fitness,
0: no, no. I think within, you know,
1: some horses, some horses, if they, you know, a lot of it is about pain as well. And look, like any, you know, if you've got a bad knee, the first time you turn out in the rugby match, your knee is going to hurt. By the time you get to December, your knee's hurting. So you're probably not performing as well as you would um, pre-early season. It's same with the horse. Some horses are better fresh, some horses are better with a few runs behind them. And if they do improve, I think there's 20 lengths improvement. You know, I always think, you know, my mind's gone and wrong. Well, finished second, first time, beat, beaten 10 lengths. You think, yeah, there would be 10 lengths, at least 10 lengths improvement, um, you know, to, to get a race out of the way. But uh, that's, you know, but again, it's changing with more race goals. Gallup, Tiara's retreat. gallop them more away from home. But I just don't,
0: again, a gallop isn't the intensity of a race. No, absolutely. No, I think you made some really good points. And i was just, I'm just going to really flag up a couple of the others who were beating that race. I think the ones to look out for Mr. Fisher. I'm convinced if you've got the proper sound surface for him, we're still yet to see the best of him. And I've been yeah. in disagreement with Nicky Henderson for a long time about this horse. He's trained a couple more winners than me, I ha- I have to add. But um, I'm convinced Mr. Fisher's a two miler, but we'll, 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 we will we'll, see, I suppose, in due course. And Slate House. He uh, was going so well in it last year before he yeah. ran no sort of race at all. And just very quickly, just to touch on the Colin Tizard team as a whole, I find their, their yard very hard to work out this mm. season. The fact the three highest rated horses in the yard, Copperhead, Lost in Translation, Slate House, have barely lifted a leg, Yeah. Uh, even though a couple of those have prep runs. And yet you go look at something like the big breakaway comes out first time out. Looks absolutely uh, exuberant. So as you say, it's hard to gauge sometimes, especially on this ground, where horses are fitness-wise and how much they will improve Mm -hmm. going on to the next run. Um, So anyway, I suppose that's another debate for another day. But uh, thanks, John, for getting your question in regarding the fitness, um, which Scoo very kindly answered. And that leads me on to don't forget on Saturday the 19th of December at 5pm, myself and Scoo will be hosting a live Q&A where uh, I get your questions in. It can be anything. Anything about Martin Pipe? Anything about now? Uh, Sku's favourite tip or even his taste in music? Um, actually, please don't. But whatever you whatever you want to get involved with, um, <coughs> buy your questions in and there uh, will be a £100 delivery voucher up for grabs for those of you who do get involved. So remember, that is Saturday, the 19th of December at 5pm on the Odds Watch Racing Facebook group. Uh, so that's the end of part one. We'll be shuffling on to part two now for the November review. We're going to be looking back at the, the graded race focus, if you like. Um, we'll begin with the Betfair Chase, uh, which was a, a small but select field, as it often is these days. And uh, Bristol de Allen, or Haydock de May, as he's almost affectionately known uh, <laughs> uh, now, nowadays. Uh, uh, once again, uh, uh, a mesmerising performance from that lovable grey. Uh, absolutely loves the venue, doesn't he? And uh, yeah, it was a brilliant jumping performance.
2: Yeah, well, that was my first banker of the season, That saw. So I- we're off to a great start there. Um, yeah, I mean, the difference was between this year and last year when uh, Lost in Translation baited. I mean, last, last year, Lost in Translation had had a prep run at Carlisle and the ground was good to soft. This year, they were both having the first run. Ground was heavy. Everything yeah. pointed towards uh, everything bristol towards I'd just like to say one thing about Bristol-Domere, though. As lots of people have said, this is bristol Demere's Gold Cup, which it undoubtedly is. But it's always faced with the same problem after the the Hedot race. Mm. Where do they go there? Mm. Uh, King George is not really its race. Um, Even though it's run well at Cheltenham, again, Cheltenham doesn't really play to its strengths. But there's two races in Ireland, the Savills Mm. Chase and the Irish Gold Cup. Both run left-handed, flat tracks, nearly always on heavy ground. Why do they not consider? I mean, it's a mystery to me. Well, if I can uh, just butt
0: in, butt in here, because I totally agree with you, and <coughs> um, I'm just reading the quote from Nigel Twister-Davis, saying right. he'll probably be put away and he'll come back for the Cotswold chase. Yeah, I know, exactly. He was <laughs> and then they will either go for the Gold Cup or the Grand yeah. National, depending on... But as I say, three miles soft ground huh? uh, in Ireland does seem pay the main for It but does. There's uh-huh. obviously reasons we're not privy to as to yeah. why they don't consider it. Uh-huh. But um, if you were ever going to skew, frame a race... Uh, ideal for Bristol to mile away from Haydock, uh, three miles on heavy ground in Ireland in December would be perfect, wouldn't it, Scoot?
1: Nigel no, doesn't work along the ways that normal people do, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't even try and get inside that head. <laughs> or the I duffel mean, coat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, We used to say to him things like, oh, no, we should go, yeah, i jump's right. And he'd be right. Nine times at ten, he's right. Don't worry. We're well, an called call when the goal coming got so cross because everybody was tipping one of Paul nicholses or something, weren't they? You know, so you now he has great faith and belief in his horses. So he won't listen to the likes of you and I. Don't worry. No, okay.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I've never a truer word spoken. But um, yes. no, it was it was a fantastic performance, wasn't it, Bristol? those in behind Scoo, Clando Oboe jumped and traveled beautifully. Pidge empty out in the closing stages on heavy ground and then lost in translation. Uh, as Alan alluded to, ran absolutely no race at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, Paul Nichols, I, I would think they, he's got half his hand on the King George already, isn't he? I mean, it, what's the surname and um, what, what's that surname? The but Those are the two horses for it, aren't they? I mean, surname and a great race, or whether it be. I mean, I can't, unless something. Altois, they are talking about that for a King George? I, you know, I, 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 there's not, I, is there anything else, Alan? I can't think of something, unless the Irish send one over. I, I, well, I said, you
0: know, he, uh, so, yeah, well, going to come over, isn't he, who was, uh, yeah. he was two weeks well, for the Gold Cup. But, yeah, um, yeah Mona well,
1: Lee, the, I, he's a terrific horse. And <coughs> a, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I suppose Mono is a, a very worthy opponent, yeah, he has to, if he actually came to. Yeah.
2: I mean, the fact that lost in translation is still third favourite. I think that pretty much sums yes. up what a stranglehold yes. uh, Paul has on the race. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to see one of the front two not um, you know not winning the race. I think.
0: Yeah. And Scoo, if I could just f- touch upon, you made a very good point. I thought on the last podcast uh, in relation to Lost in Translation, you said you always were a bit nervous of horses you have had wind issues tackling very deep ground. And do you think that, that kind of problem could be resurfacing again?
1: Yeah, uh, look, I I don't know. You've got to be so careful with saying things, as you know. i said people, you know, I always think to myself, there's reasons horses run bad, even breaking blood vessels. You know, I talked about pain already, feeling something or their wind, you know. I mean, I'm just kind of going to try and do, when I do my bets next week, I'm going to try and show a picture of a horse, maybe, and say, you know, we go to the sales and stock agents, oh, that works. You know that. The look, of that's got a nice bottom on it, and it walks well, and its joints so are fine. Yeah, that's brilliant. But the thing I want to see is heart and its lungs. Those are the those are the things yeah, that yeah. are going to dictate whether it's um, going to be a great horse or not. And um, you know, I do think a lot of when these horses aren't right, their lungs aren't right. That you know, the, the the blood isn't getting pumped around the heart, and I would uh, be worried with lost translation I mean, better ground, yes. I mean, hmm. so often. um the, the horses would want better ground. My experience is, it's not the the way they move.
0: It's the, the, there's not so much pressure on them, their heart and lungs, as there is on soft ground. So, my my angle was going forward. Then, would, would you think it's just a case of you, if it, if you train us in translation, you would just avoid testing ground at all costs <coughs> from now? It, it's very it, Alan. You know, I've already said you you can't do it. You know, you you.
1: But from punter's point of view, you have that in the back of your mind. One day it'll prove us wrong. But um, if I was going to, you know, I tipped him for the because I love the horse and I'd half tipped him, you know, tipped him for the Gold Cup uh, as, as an early one for the Gold Cup. Now, I, I went for him in the at a dot race, but Alan gave me all the reasons then why I shouldn't have. But uh, you know, he will come up for one. I, I can't see the King George quite being it. it's a race, but I. You know, but if the good the ground came good at Cheltenham, then you, you,
0: you couldn't uh, put him out of your mind, you know? Yeah, indeed. So keep, keep your eyes on the ground, essentially, as far as Lost in Translation goes. Glanders Oboe, I think he's had a little cut on the back of the Haydut uh, hey, run, but he should go to the King George. Uh, with Every chance, and as uh, the lads have alluded to, uh, Paul Nichols almost looks to have one hand on the showpiece event at, at Kempton on the 26th, doesn't he? Uh, shuffling along to the fighting fifth hurdle, Happy uh, Newcastle... Uh, Turned into a bit of a procession in the end with the reigning champion hurdler Epiton around the 6-4 to four mark now to regain her crown on the back of, uh, how shall I say, swatting aside So Royale at Newcastle. Alan, uh, not much I could say about this other than she jumped beautifully and won as she liked.
2: Yeah, I mean, hard, a performance hard to fault, but putting it in perspective, I mean, she only had um, So Royale to beat and I don't think So, so Royale's at his best making the running uh, so everything, everything was set for a, um, a big run from Ebitant and she jumped well, travelled well, hard to fault. But would you be taking six to four for a race three months away? Mm. Um, t- to be honest, I'd be very, very surprised if a mayor doesn't win the champion hurdle. The only thing is it might not be Ebitant. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I there's, <laughs> there's, there's two other mayors which both won at the weekend uh, Honeysuckle and Concertista which was my hurdle to follow um, I think she was equally impressive but in a different way winning Where a, did she um, win Alan? She won a grade 2 at Fairy House on Saturday yeah. um, Paul Townsend that, I mean yeah, had a double, yeah. double handful um, obviously it wasn't uh, it, it was a grade 2 so it wasn't as strong but it was just that the manner in which she travelled and quickened up at the end. And we know she loves Cheltenham. She's run two cracking races there. And I remember reading uh, William Mullen's trainer file a couple of weeks ago, and he said, well, we're going to keep concertista to Mayor's races. After the race on Saturday, he said, well, we're probably going to have to take the geldings on now. So it just seems as though there's a major shift. And um, it's not set in stone, but I, I have <clears> a feeling... Of a failing constantista could end up being possibly the Irish champion hurdle. If she wins that, it will then be the champion hurdle. I yeah, a hand
0: her hand will be forced, won't it? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, indeed. And honeysuckle, of course, where we discussed on the last uh, podcast that uh, they're probably gonna be having this debate amongst connections right up to the week. Uh, whether they go for, regain the mayor's crown or go for the, the champion hurdle. But yeah, ending to have that school. I mean, epiton. Very uncomplicated. Uh, AP McCoy said she, in terms of the hurdlers uh, he's seen in those silks, uh, very similar to binocular in the way she gets from A to B so quickly, she just gains lengths every flight of hurdle, which is what you want of a, obviously, of a champion hurdler, isn't it? Yeah, it I thought
1: she'd probably jump better than I've ever seen her before. Did mm-hmm. Is that correct, uh, I, Ed? I don't no, I, I, I've looked,
0: never, you looked, know. You know, faultless. I, I thought, didn't yeah. think
1: she, you know, she kicked a few out of the ground the, uh, the perception of the race, and this is where Alan comes. My perception of the race is that Epitancey was mind boggling. Mm. But and he, Alan again has said, you know, Anderso is not at his best making his running, um, making the running. I mean, what would Honeysuckle have done to it? The reason I like. I think Honey is the one they've all got to beat the chap Myrtle mm. because she's uncomplicated. Mm, you know, she, she was perhaps mm. a little lucky to win the mayor's race last year because they all got, you know, the, 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 the racing tactics the, the, the what Danny Mullins touched Paul Townsend and they got they got a the mess. But the, because Honey Sockle is uncomplicated and she races up there and she jumps and she gallops. Mm-hmm. She didn't get in any trouble. And and, and she'll do that in the Sham Nerdle again. She'll be racing up with the pace. She gets the two and a half well. Uh, and I say so often, to, to win these top class two miles because of the intensity of the race, you, you really need to stay two and a half. And I, I therefore, if I again, I can't have the... I think it's a ridiculous price, six to four, about Epitanti at this present moment because... Honeysuckle is, is a very, very worthy rival. And I don't know about Constantina is that the right pronunciation? Concertista. Concertista. Yep. Concertista. Yeah, yeah I, I have to see. But, you know, um, you know I, my
0: money at the moment be on Honeysuckle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's generally, as uh, a lot of the panel here are thinking, it's, it's, um, the mayors are going to dominate, essentially. Well, the, obviously, the, yeah, no, it, 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 the it, £7
2: allowance now. as well.
0: You know. Yeah. Well, that was the debate yeah. we're having last time. Is it yeah. too much? Is it? I suppose, again, yeah. we'll, we'll have to save that one for uh, perhaps mm-hmm. the next podcast. Yeah. Moving on to the long distance hurdle. Uh, and you, we, uh, we've been talking about the two milers, the speed balls, if you like, something totally different here. Uh, horses with stamina in the locker now. Time Hill. First time out for Philip Hobbs, Richard Johnson produced a very smart performance, I thought, uh, to win what was a a wonderful race on paper beforehand. And it pretty much lived up to expilling, didn't it? With uh, a resurgent Paisley Park coming back, showing some of his old form. Uh, uh, Scoob, begin with you. Time Hill, is he the new kid on the block, do you think? Or do you perhaps take the view, Paisley Park, there's enough fires burning there that they all fancy the chances of a rematch at Cheltenham? Um,
1: Yeah, I I was... Impressed with Philip's, Philip Hobbes's horse. Um, but uh, to me, the, the, the horse I would make favorite for the stayers on um, the weekend's performance is Ronald Pump. But, um, wow, another 100 yards he, he would have won, and then you know they would be shouting from the Champion Hill. He clearly gets three mile, he's clearly a very, very good horse. Um, but Alan, you know, I mean, to, to win these championships. <laughs> Championship races time and time again, Alan. They have to be so good. And mm-hmm. Paisley Park, he hits that flat spot and, it, and it's defeating him at the moment in, in, in a steady run race. Ronald Pump did everything right, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If I had to ride, if the race was run up three weeks' time and I had to have a ride, I'd ride Ronald Pump.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Uh, that's really interesting. And uh, Alan, yourself, I mean, what were your fallout from the Newbury race? Yeah, I
2: I think the most crucial thing was the fact that the first three three horses and the betting came first, second, and third. Um, Even though the race probably wasn't run to suit any of them. I mean, the race didn't start in earnest until about the last mile. Uh, So both the winner and the second came out with uh, a lot of credit. McFabulous, I think, probably had its limitations exposed. I could probably say them going over fences. I don't think it's... um, it's going to win a um, stairs hurdle, but um, the front two have to be major contenders for um, for the final in March.
0: Well, it's interesting uh, just looking at the, the quotes from the trainers in the aftermath. I just um, <clears> to <throat> move in, Alan, uh, saying, "Yeah, Philip Hobbs, obviously delighted uh, with the win of Time Hill." They will see how he is. He could go to Ascot uh, for the, the big radio race just for Christmas. If not, they will wait for the cleave yeah. uh, of runner up Paisley Park. Uh, are absolutely delighted and should go to Ascot in three weeks time. Uh, McFabulous, Paul Nichols wasn't too disappointed. Uh, he says he will now have a little break and come back for the cleave hurdle mm-hmm. in January. They'll have another crack at them, perhaps change the tactics up. And of the beaten runners, listening, got Oscar. Of course, we should mention who is the reigning stairs Hurdle crown. Uh, made a uh, made a noise as Rebecca Curtis will go for wind operation uh, with the view of bringing that one back for the Cleve Hurdle. So, uh, getting ahead of ourselves, but January in the Cleve Hurdle is already looking like a, exactly a, a, yeah. another rematch again, isn't it? So, there's lots to look forward to there. But uh, I agree, we also got to take into account. I suppose Time Hill is the the younger legs, the fresher, I suppose, of, of yeah. those in there. And uh, you, in my view, you could argue there's more improvement to come from Time Hill. It's a case of whether. Paisley Park can just get back to the level he was at and um, given that he had his heart murmur etc again it's like a, as Scoo's alluded to as horses and their mechanics as soon as something goes slightly wrong it's always a little bit nervous they yeah, will the come back Yeah the heart murmur
1: funnily enough Ed it, 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 it's
0: not so it, it, it
1: sounds awful it's not so bad a lot of okay. them have it because they're such big efficient athletes you know they're pushing so much but they will do that they will not come out. You know, I've, I've you know experienced a lot myself. They will do it, so I, you know, well, you know, just you know trying to put people's minds at rest. So that that that's okay. And I'm probably being unfair on Paisley Park. I always underestimate. I didn't tip him when he won the thing. I didn't think he because of his style of racing. But I'm probably unfair to
0: him. No, he's got a touch of the Ingalls drivers about him, hasn't he? where he hits that flat spot and then and then yeah, and then go yeah, the to good horses do that, don't they?
1: You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, absolutely. No, so. Generally speaking, I think we think Time Hill is is probably the one to take forward. What about Ronald Pum, though, Alan? Were you impressed with that?
2: that... Well, I thought it might have been flattered a little bit. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Honeysuckle is, it's it's a horse that just does enough. It's never going to, you know, it's it's, it's one of these horses that, well, it's won nine off the belt, hasn't it? And out of those nine, um, most of them have been by... um, that, well, they haven't been by large more uh, margins. Uh, yeah. it, just, it just seems to do enough. And, um, you know, it looked as though Ronald Pump was closing at the finish, which it, it was, but I, I just think it might have been flattered by the way the race was run. It did develop into a bit of a sprint. Um, but it, it's in, it is a very open division, the Stairs division. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't reel Ronald Pump out, definitely. No.
0: And we should, we should throw in, obviously, Cy de Burley, who looks at them at the moment on paper, at least mm-hmm. anyway, one of the, uh, the protagonists from Ireland... Um... Who's a very, very good horse with Cheltenham Former. Of course, uh, mentioned it already, but uh, don't forget that on December the 19th at 5 pm, join myself and Scoo for a festive uh, QA session. You can ask anything. Uh, you can ask about Ronald Pump. You can ask about Donald Trump. Whatever you want to ask about. Get involved and uh, get your questions in. There'll be a uh, £100 delivery voucher up for grabs as well. So stay tuned for that on the Odds Watch Racing Facebook group. That is December the 19th at 5 pm. Right. Moving on to part three a little bit of fun here this was um, sent out in the social media circles uh, entitled pick pick or pick and um, Scoo and alan um, just a bit <coughs> of fun here we, we like to talk about these fancy races we did a lot of them uh, during the first lockdown when there was absolutely nothing to talk about uh, so you've got masterminded moscow fly and you've got sprinter Sacra, two miles good to soft in a champion chase i'll uh, we'll come to you first Scoot. Uh, who would you like to ride and why I always find these things, you know, is Pelé better than... Get off, get off the fence, get off the fence. <laughs> and I do always find them. I
1: always think, let's give them... They were the kings of the day. Yeah. Having said that, <laughs> I think the best two-mile champion chaser I've ever seen isn't amongst this list, and that's Badsworth boy. Okay. <laughs> right. um, none of you were born when he won the two-mile
2: championship. I agree with you, Peter.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a European. Yeah uh, and after that, and look, these are great sprinters. I mean, it's hard to I just had a soft spot for Masterminded. I thought he was a magnificent horse. On his day, he didn't have the consistency of a sprinter sacker, I suppose, in the end. But um I I don't know, I just thought he was his style of racing at the time was re- reminded me, of the, you know, he'd have given Badsworth of Boy a big race. That's
2: what I thought, but I don't know what the
0: figures say, Alan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in agreement with you, for what it's worth. But um, Alan, Alan, yourself, <laughs> you're going to your, get in the stirrups. Who are you going with?
2: Yeah, for me, no contest. Moscow Flyer. Ah,
0: right. OK, go
2: yeah. on. There's no doubt Masterminded and Sprinter Sacra were visually more impressive. But you, you look at the record of Moscow Flyer. For a start, um, Sprinter Sacra's best run over hurdles was third in the uh, Supreme behind Alfaroff. Moscow Flyer won three grade ones over hurdles before it went chasing. It won 19 chases, most of them grade ones. And the two champion chases it won, uh, I mean, it fell in the other one when, well, it unsighted a thrider in the other one, otherwise it would have won three. First one, it beat Native Upmanship by seven lengths. Um, over 20 lengths behind were flagship Oberalis and Edredon Blair, hmm. That's strong form. And then in the race where we don't say that it's rider, won the race. The following year, Moscow Flyer beat the 13 lengths with well Chief finishing second. The quality of the opposition that Moscow Flyer faced was much stronger than that of uh, the other two. The, the hardest race, well, not the hardest race, but the, the best opponent sprinter sacker race was um, Sizing Europe. At the time, sizing you up was an 11 year old and probably passed its best. So I think the overall record strongly points in favour of Moscow Flyer.
0: No, indeed. You made a very good uh, case for Moscow there. And as, as Scoo says, he's one of these almost pointless conversations. But people oh, on yeah. social media absolutely love getting involved with them because it does evoke great memories. And just mm. for my two pennies worth, I just think that masterminded performance of 2008 where he beat Voipo his 90 lengths hard held on the bridle. That individual yeah, performance, I'm yeah, um, struggling to yeah. see a horse you would get near him on that day. Uh, Scoo mm-hmm. makes a very good point. As an overall career, Mastermind mm-hmm. hit that at the age of five and it it did, still that's had right. a very good career afterwards, yeah. but never quite got that out to anywhere near that level, whereas Sprinter Sakrish and the Moscow Flyers, I mean, Moscow Flyer at the age of 11, yeah. was obviously still winning a champion chase. So, no, it's a good bit of fun, but uh, thanks to everyone who got involved. <laughs> but I just
1: because Alan and I, I doesn't if anybody gets a chance... It must be on Newton. Go and look up one of Badsworth Boys' um, two-mile ch- chases. You I rode Artifice against him, and Artifice could win the red run with twelve 11, eleven ten. By the time I had jumped two fences, it was over. A, a, a Badsworth Boy was ten, fifteen lengths. I mean, it's embar- It was embarrassing. You know, was, Dickinson at his best. Um, but you know, I, I'm not saying I'm just I'm not saying he's <laughs> better than those, but. You know, to, to ride against horses of that ability, and I know he didn't jump very well. He'd turn over sometimes, This, but he was a tremendous. I, I suppose when you're comparing the times, all you can, what you can be, he was so far in front of his rivals at the time that forget the figures. That that that's what he was. He was, you know, he was like the article of his uh, of the two month thing. I mean, there was nothing could get near near him. You know, Dickinson had tremendous, you know, I, I just love it. I mean, Dickinson had tremendous two-mile chases. Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember riding, I rode, uh, and Carmody used to ride those horses, and Carmody used to ride so sure. Well, I remember riding um, in a two-mile chase, and they went all over the country in those days. It, you know, he takes take Buck to Folkestone, to Hereford. I remember going to, and I don't think racing benefited for that. I remember going to Stratford, you know, in the two mile handicap chase, because it wasn't the trials that we had then. And I rode, I had nine seven to do. And Ralph Gorman's got 12 seven or 12 10. And, um, you know, he just, I mean, it was a very moderate horse I um, rode, but I mean, he just played with me. It was it was a joke, you know. Carmen used to sit so still and ride so short. And Ralph Gorman is just, I mean, he's smoking a cigarette and standing off outside the wings like uh, Thomas has did the. In Australia at Newbury. So, you know, at the time, these horses were terrific and uh, so, so I take my hats off to them, and it's what racing's about. Yeah, here, yeah absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Yeah. And uh, thanks for your social media who got involved um, with all this. Uh, Ant, who uh, says basically masterminded, had the wow factor. Uh, Dave Sadler uh, makes case says the Sprinter Sacker of 2013, absolutely unstoppable. Uh, nothing could get near him. What a jumper. But yeah. yeah was, everyone... And that's
1: grand. And, and, and yeah. I think you know, you,
0: in, in these things, emotion rules your
1: heart, doesn't it? You know? exactly. Which is yeah, exactly. Which is great. Again, with yeah. all stupid. You know, this is so lovely. I mean, compared to flat racing, which I feel, you know, we're, we're talking about these trials. We, these horses are there, they're out, they're raced. We fall in love with them. And, and that's, you know, during this terrible lockdown period, you know, we're, we're watching our favourites and watching the viewing figures. It's tremendous. It's getting across to a huge amount of public. And uh, I'm very proud of what National Racing is doing at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, these old favourites being rolled out from time to time only, uh, yeah. as I say, evoke, evoke the old memories, don't they? Which is it's just great for the sport. And um, we'll move on to part four now, uh, the final part here, where we'll be having a look ahead. We look back at November, going to look ahead to next week. Um, touched upon it earlier, I believe Aintree, we're going to have uh, potentially at Tom recording Frodon, on the returning native river and Santini are racing against each other in the many Clowns. But focus will be on Sandown, of course, uh, for the Tingle Creek. Uh, where we've got the returning your hopefully, taking on reigning champion Chaser Politologue, and the new kid on the block, if you like, holding Gold Cup winner a Granatine. I'm sure there'll be a few others in there too, potentially uh, the Rouge Vif of Harry Whitterton, of course, uh, bolted up at Cheltenham. Uh, he's ground-dependent, of course. Uh, Alan, uh, we won't spend too long on this. So I mean, is it, is it straightforward out on the eve of his yes. 11th birthday? Will the old fire still burn? Does he win?
2: Well, there's nothing to suggest that Altior's deteriorated just yet. Um, I mean, it's, it's still 20 from 21 over hurdles and fences. Um, one thing I couldn't understand was, obviously, there was excuses why it got beat off surname. Uh, Ground was bad. It was having its first run of the season. But then it went on to win the game spirit chase at Newbury before it got injured and had to miss Cheltenham. Uh, I couldn't really understand why it ran off a mark of 175 in the game spirit, which it won Big sore eye I'll buy just over three lengths. The handicap dropped to £3. Seems a bit strange. Uh, it's now 172. Um, I mean, to be honest, I think it should be odds on on Saturday. I mean, when, right. it, when the bet opened and it went 7-2, to two, uh, I was on it yeah. at 7-2. to two
0: um well I say it's now it's now <clears throat> just prices at the time recording was so yeah. out your best price five to four yeah uh, granatine five to one pletalogue six to one rouge v 15 to two uh you then go in 12s bar and uh Scoo, uh if you could try and put your betting hat on and not your horsemanship hat on uh without your do you think it's uh do you see any reason why you get turned over around even money
1: yeah, he catches up with all of us. I'm not as quick over the hundred metres as I used to be. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, he's a tremendous horse. I just think, you know, I've watched it over many years. Alan will back me up. I'm sure on this. You know, I've seen these two mile champion chases. They do, you know, it's, you lose a bit of pace. Uh, I, I can think of races I've ridden in when you know the two mile champion chases outsiders win it because um, they, they lose their pace. Uh, I mean, Pity Log is still there. Uh, I wouldn't. I would not be able to bet in the race because I, I mean maybe I'd look at Grenadine because he's he did it well and he he can improve, but there's nothing, you know, uh, you know. I think there's a lot of question marks over them. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But by next
0: by Friday, I might change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but no, as I say, our, there's nothing concrete. Just. Um, People get nervous about the age aspect, don't they? With the fact, mm-hmm. oh, well, he was yeah. now approaching his 11th birthday, but there's, mm-hmm. there's no great signs on an actual race course mm-hmm. that he is starting to drop off in a manner of a 10-going-on 11-year-old who's, who's What I think Ruby Walsh, interested, made a good point. He thought one thing that is becoming more apparent, though, he's spending longer and longer in the air mm-hmm. at his fences. Now, whether that is a sign of wear and tear or something perhaps on his back, or it's just he is... At the speed of going over two miles, as he's getting older, he's just finding things a little bit harder to do at high speed. We don't know. Nonetheless, the one thing Alchor's always had, which all the top horses have, he seems to have the extra gear, doesn't he? When he's ever looked in trouble in recent times at two miles, he's then hit this extra turbo and gone clear. And I suppose Mm -hmm. uh, Nicky Henderson is always Nicky Henderson, but he he says he can't wait. The horse looks as Mm -hmm. good as ever. And I mean, it really will. We've been talking about exciting races at this time of year and, Oh, was it? Tingle Creek to me kind of signifies the start. Of, I don't know, start of Christmas somehow. It's that kind of um, it, might, it yeah. also reminds me I need to open the first five days of my advent calendar, which I've forgotten to do, so that's a, that's often the case as well. But no, that, no, you're absolutely... wrong.
1: Christmas doesn't start until so Ask it, and Father Christmas comes up the
0: street. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> uh, touch upon Christmas again here. Um, mentioned already, but of course, don't forget. That on the 19th, which actually is, uh, I believe that might be the Ascot Day off the top yeah, of mine. Mother's Christmas comes uh, up. The state, uh, absolutely. You know, you're Will there on. be crowds then?
1: They, when, when can crowds get back
0: in? I believe so, depending on the uh, tier system. But yeah, we could hopefully have up to, I think there's 4,000 at Sandown, say, which sold out 17 Brilliant. minutes, and Brilliant. hopefully we have uh, similar scenes uh, all being well-touched wood. Um, at Ascot before Christmas but yep. um, yeah on, on the 19th I should uh, add of course it's a live Q&A myself and Scoo where we'll be talking about all sorts of things horse racing I'll take and the fence down I'll take the fence down make sure Fence to be because... down yeah yeah <laughs> the, yeah, yeah exactly um, and anything you'd like to ask get in touch for that live Q&A on the facebook racing odds watch racing group of course there'll be a hundred pounds worth of delivery vouchers up for grab so uh please do get involved uh with that but so we have to wrap up proceedings but uh for this november review but it's been wonderful my thanks to alan for his input as ever well done on the tip in front and uh, fingers crossed for next week have you got your christmas shopping sorted yet alan
2: Yes, most of it online though. Oh, yeah. oh, right.
0: oh, I was waiting for you to say no, but no, no, well done yeah. ahead of the game. Has yeah. Scoo, have you devised the Christmas shopping list yet?
1: I'm delighted. This all this shutdown down saved me a few quid. Yeah. <laughs> always the opposite. I would have bought the... you something, <laughs> Bradley, but yeah, you know, I just never know where they really all shut down or what have
0: you? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, no, <clears> the <throat> great stuff. Yeah, so my thanks, Dan, and my thanks, of course, to uh, eight-time champion jockey Peter Scudamore for joining us. And um, my thanks to you, for tuning in. Of course, don't forget to uh, follow us on social media circles. Join the Q&A on the 19th of December. We have lots more to talk about. Bye for now.